Dr. Rick and his team at Belmar Chiropractic focus on getting to the root cause of your problem instead of chasing symptoms. The results have been like above and beyond anything I could have ever expected. My pain is completely gone, full of energy, even throughout my entire pregnancy. He was able to adjust me and it sounds crazy to say, but like no back pain throughout my whole pregnancy. That was just really amazing. It's better than anything I could have expected for sure. That was Caitlin. Like her, many people who had looked everywhere and tried everything finally found relief and healing at Belmar Chiropractic. It makes you feel really comfortable because he always tells you what he's doing before he actually does it. So I always felt really, really comfortable and they're all so warm and welcoming as well, which is always great. Dr. Rick can help decrease anxiety and depression, reduce stress, improve mental focus and clarity, provide better quality of sleep, boost your immune system, and so much more. He's definitely the most knowledgeable chiropractor I've ever been to, and I've actually have recommended him to many, many of my friends and coworkers. Give Belmar Chiropractic a call today at 303-233-1236. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> A special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to... A brand new BSN Nuggets podcast, Thursday edition of the show. We are presented today, of course, by Total Beverage. Right now, for a limited time at Total Beverage, they have an exclusive deal for BSN listeners. You guys can get $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app by using the promo code BSN10. So again, go to the Total Beverage app, go to their website, plug in that promo code BSN10, and you guys can save $10 off a $50 order or more. For all your parties, have it delivered right to your door. Of course, Total Beverage makes it super convenient. They now deliver liquor, wine, beer, spirits to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. So make sure to check those guys out, Total Beverage, on their website or app. Harrison Wind and Christian Clark coming to you Thursday morning following another thriller. The Nuggets win 120-118 over the Sacramento Kings to go into the All-Star break on a high note. Denver improves to 39 and 18. They're 25 and 4 at home at this point in the season. Unbelievable stuff. I want to get right to the main takeaway from tonight's game or last night's game. The main storyline, I think what everybody was buzzing about, what the entire building was buzzing about during this win and after this win, Isaiah Thomas makes his long awaited debut. He had been away from the game for 11 months. Uh, he spoke at shoot-around Wednesday morning that he felt like he was going to come back. You could tell he was planning on playing that night. I don't really know what to expect from Isaiah Thomas, to be honest. When you're away from the game for so long, we always see how long it takes guys to get back and find a good rhythm. And yeah, he has a long way to go, but generally speaking, I thought this was a great debut for him. 
what was your big takeaway from seeing him out there for the first time in a Nuggets uniform? Well, I'm not going to lie. I was pessimistic that IT would look, you know, kind of in rhythm, would look comfortable out there pretty early on. I just think it's it's so difficult when you've missed 11 months to come back and and just look comfortable out there. He did look comfortable, you know, in, in his first half stint. Um, he, he didn't make any shots. He missed both his threes, but I thought he made some really nice passes. I mean, immediately his playmaking kind of popped off the page for me. And then the second half, you know, he, he gets eight points there in a span of like two minutes and 17 seconds. Oh, one minute and 47 seconds. Sorry. But yeah, not even, it, it was just over like two minutes in that third quarter where he had eight points. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess I was trying to be logical about this. I forgot about the most important thing with Isaiah Thomas. The cojones factor, Harrison. <laughs> Never doubt Isaiah Thomas. That's what I said on Tuesday's show. We went back and forth about, man, this guy's been away from the game for so long. How much of an impact can he make for this team down the stretch? This team is playing so good. They're too deep at every position. Where are the minutes going to come from him? You know, he's going to take so long to find his rhythm and whatnot. Will Barton missed three months. Look how long it's taking him to find his rhythm. Isaiah Thomas missed a year, and he had probably a more complicated and more extensive and more significant surgery and injury than Will Barton had. And then I said on Tuesday's show, I'm never going to second-guess this guy. He's been overlooked his entire life. Last pick in the draft. He's five foot nine. He's been doubted. He's had to overcome more obstacles than most NBA guys that's why I'm not going to doubt him. I'm not going to say he can't make an impact for this team down the stretch because he's overcome so much in his NBA career. And I guess I was smart to make that assertion because he went out there and he made an impact. Um, Denver looked left for dead, I thought, in the first quarter. They did not come out of the gates with any sense of urgency. They looked like a team... That they looked like in the first half against Miami, a team that was looking ahead to the all-star break, a team that was looking forward to getting down to South Beach or Cabo or wherever they have their all-star weekend plans. Sacramento scored 41 points in that first quarter. They shot 67% from the field, hit five of nine threes. Denver turned the ball over four times in that first quarter. They did not look like they wanted to be out there. And... I felt like Isaiah Thomas changed the tune of this game. He came on in the first quarter, and like you mentioned, he didn't make any shots, but had a couple nice assists. Immediately helped Denver go on a 6-0 run in that first quarter. And then the third quarter kind of did the same thing, except he, he did it with his scoring a couple threes. But I felt like he totally changed the momentum of this game. Oh, I, I completely agree. I mean, you could just feel the energy in the crowd pick up. I mean, Isaiah Thomas got a standing ovation when he checked into the game for the first time. Um, he was making his Nuggets debut. He said afterward that he was a little bit surprised that he got that reaction from the crowd. I mean, IT is a pretty beloved guy almost everywhere he goes, but it was pretty cool to see, you know, Pepsi Center rooting on somebody who, I mean, hasn't really done anything yet in Nuggets uniform. That was, that was a really cool moment. I mean, the roof nearly blew off the place when he hit those shots in the third quarter, too. That was about as loud as I've heard it in Pepsi Center this year. That Utah game where they just destroyed them in the fourth quarter was up there. When Swaggy P hit those threes was up there. <laughs> that was that was as, almost as loud as any moment I can remember from, from Pepsi Center this year. And I thought it was interesting, too, that when Isaiah Thomas checked in in the first quarter, he came onto the floor with Monte Morris. You know, yeah. we've talked a lot about, well, I don't know if... IT and Monte Morris can play together. Those guys are 175 pounds each. They're just going to get killed defensively. 
I mean, I don't know. I, I'm still like, I, I don't love like that fit defensively going forward, but well, yeah, it's a bad credit. fit defensively. I, do, I mean, like, we don't have to sugarcoat it. Yeah. I mean, they might just be so good offensively that, that it's fine. And last night, IIT held his own defensively, too. I mean, he was on Bogdanovich a lot of the night, and it's not like he got killed or anything. Yeah, that was the thing. The Nuggets didn't play good defense in this game. But it's not like Isaiah Thomas hurt them on the defensive end of the floor. Sure, when he subbed it in the first quarter and he was guarding Bogdan Bogdanovich, when he subbed it in the third quarter and he was guarding him again, the Kings tried to post up Bogdanovich every time down the floor. And, you know, Denver helped a lot. They gave up some open threes, but... I don't necessarily think that Isaiah Thomas killed them by any means on the defensive end of the floor, and that's really the main thing you're worried about, especially playing him with Monte Morris in the backcourt. And you know, going into this game, we were talking about potential lineups and rotations with Isaiah Thomas and whatnot on a Tuesday show, and it's just like I feel like you just got to throw him out there and see what happens. With how deep this team is, you just got to find minutes for him right now, see how the Nuggets react on offense, see how they hold their own on defense, and, and just kind of go from there. So I actually kind of like how they played off each other. You got two lead ball handers on the floor. You can play pick and roll with Isaiah Thomas on one side. If nothing works, swing it over to the other side, play pick and roll with Monte Morris on the second side right there. So I think it's a pretty good fit offensively at least. We'll see how it goes. looks going forward defensively again. It's just one game. But going back to what you just said, the energy in the crowd totally changes when Isaiah Thomas checked in. You could sense it when he walked to the scorer's table for the first time in the first quarter. Fans gradually rose to their feet. He came in after a timeout, but still got a huge standing ovation from the crowd. And we've seen this team feed off the crowd energy so much in the Nikola Jokic, Michael Malone era. It's been an absolute constant with this team. When the crowd is engaged, when there's a good crowd, this team is going to feed off it. And when they gave Isaiah Thomas that standing ovation, when there were some oohs and odds whenever he got the ball in that first quarter and on those couple assists he had, the crowd went crazy. And then, especially in the third quarter, when he hit those threes, and I agree with you, it was probably one of the loudest reactions I've heard from the Pep Center crowd this year, almost up there when they put Tom Brady on the scoreboard and tell everybody to boo. That's about how loud it was. <laughs> or when the Nuggets fans can get free Chick-fil-A if an opposing player misses two free throws. A reaction that was up there uh, with those. But this team definitely fed off that. And I asked every player after the game if they noticed the crowd energy go up a level. All of them agreed. So I think that was a huge reason why his debut, I thought, was a smashing success, too. Yeah, that was a crucial error by me, leaving out the, the chance to get free Chick-fil-A. I almost wonder if the plan was to, to throw IT in there at the end of the first quarter with Monte. Like, I wonder if, if Malone just kind of adapted on the fly because Denver was kind of getting crushed in the early going, and he just realized, like, oh, we need a pick-me-up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Malone got tossed there at the end of the second quarter you know, mostly because he was trying to energize his team. So I wonder if throwing him in there that early was, was maybe a tactic to, to just raise the energy level a little bit. So I, I'm not really sure, but there was a noticeable difference. Um, it was so cool to, to see IT's teammates just talk about, you know, this journey he's been on the 11 months after the game, the impact he's made on this team, um, you know, in the locker room with his intangibles. Monte Morris, who, you know, those guys are, probably going to be competitors. I mean, they played together, but they played the same position, backup point guard, 
you know, going to be cutting into each other's minutes, you'd think, over the, the rest of the season. Monte Morris has nothing but glowing things to say about IT. Um, it, it was pretty great after the game. Monte said uh, he was in college that year. You know, IT went nuts in, in Boston. And here's Montmorris. Going out there tonight, it's crazy to play alongside of him, see his first shots go down, see the arena erupt. There's so much that guy's been through, so many naysayers who say this, who say that about him being a bad teammate. He's a hell of a person, an amazing person. I don't know where that came from. I mean, Monte Morris is Isaiah Thomas's number one fan. Definitely. And look, when he signed here, he was coming off, and when Isaiah Thomas signed here, he was coming off a season where he spent half the year in Cleveland, half the year in Los Angeles. And at least during his Cleveland stint, there were a lot of negative connotations attached to him about his impact in the locker room. That was a uh, that was not a good locker room in Cleveland with him and Dwayne Wade was there at the beginning of the season and LeBron was there. There was a lot of drama. I mean, you could tell there was a lot of drama from 2,000 miles away in Denver. And so there were some negative kind of things attached to Isaiah Thomas, I feel like, throughout the course of last season. But I've written about it. You've written about it. We've talked about it for really the last couple of weeks as his return has been getting closer and closer behind the scenes. He has had an incredible and invaluable impact as Michael Malone called it on this team in the locker room, setting the culture, setting the chemistry on the bench with Denver's young guys. He has helped out so much. I think even if he doesn't give Denver anything throughout the rest of the season, signing him was still a huge success and a huge help to this team behind the scenes. So, I mean, he has been invaluable. And, I mean, if he can give Denver anything on the court, it's a bonus. Yeah, I mean, uh, IT is definitely not a guy who's afraid of confrontation. I think the Nuggets could use a little of that. Of that. They just got a lot of nice guys. Um, I think IT brings an irrational confidence factor, too, yep. that you kind of hope rubs off on some other guys. I don't think the Nuggets have a lot of guys like that. And on every good team, there's at least one irrational confidence guy. Uh Jason Terry is like one of the ultimate irrational confidence guy, debatably the second best player in that 2011 Mavs team. So I like that from IT. And yeah, that Cleveland situation, that was just a toxic situation because IT goes to LA and all those young guys love him. Like you, you see him tweeting at him all the time, like they're rooting for him. So I think that was kind of an exception. And really everywhere else, you know, IT's been a, a beloved teammate, it seems like. In terms of how he looked last night on the floor. I felt like he looked pretty solid. Yeah, he doesn't have that same burst right now. I think that could return maybe not to the level it was in Boston, but maybe close. He said Wednesday morning that his hip isn't 100%. It may never be 100% again. That's what you know people say after that type of surgery and that type of injury, but he's got no pain. He said after this game that his hip felt 10 times better than it did in his first game last season. And if you remember, he tried to go the rehab route originally with this injury, had you know a, a pretty mediocre season last year with the Cavs and the Lakers, and then ultimately decided to undergo surgery. So he says he feels much better now than he did last season. And I mean... The feel, it still seems like it's there. Uh, the shot, it, it's still there, it seems like. His burst, obviously, that's going to take some time. But you know, you could see flashes, I thought. You could see flashes uh, of the player he once was just operating out of the pick and roll. 
his vision, his basketball IQ, his savvy in the two-man game. I thought that was on display. He had a number of really nice passes last night. What did you just think of, I mean, how he just looked from a basketball perspective? I mean, I thought he was excellent on the offensive end. I didn't I didn't expect him to look that fluid, to look that quick, to be perfectly honest with you. It, it surprised me a little bit. Um, one of the things he said after the game was, the Nuggets gave him time. Like nobody ever put pressure on IT to come back ahead of schedule. You know, I remember the timetable initially when he came here was, you know, November, maybe December. That's what Woj was saying. Um, you know, here we are in, in mid-February and finally he's back. I think that was a big part of this, that the Nuggets were really, really patient with him. You know, they, they always looked at this as a situation where IT, you know, can contribute from an intangible standpoint and also, you know, contribute on the floor come April. Like, that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. IT, you know, maybe helping them swing a playoff series or, or something like that and really help them in their stretch run. I mean, you know, him backing up and just splashing that three on Bagley was really nice. Yep. That that mid-range shot he hit was pretty vintage IT. He looked pretty athletic on that play. So I, I thought he looked really good. He exceeded my expectations. Yeah, if you guys want reaction from the Nuggets locker room, I went around and asked every player what they thought about Isaiah Thomas's night and if they could feel the energy in the building go up a notch or two when he entered the game. I asked every player that question in the locker room, and I wrote their responses. You can find it in an article up on bsndenver.com. Will Barton had a really cool quote. He said, you could still tell Isaiah Thomas's clutch, right, with a couple of the shots he hit. And I thought that was a cool way to sum up his night. So if you go on bsndenver.com, you can read that article, post-game reaction on Isaiah Thomas's night from everybody in the Nuggets locker room. Christian wrote about the game, some big takeaways from Isaiah Thomas, what he thought of his night, about Denver's defense, about Michael Malone getting ejected, and that kind of giving the Nuggets a spark. We'll talk about that in a second. Also on bsndenver.com right now, I spoke to Nuggets president of basketball ops, Tim Connolly, one-on-one before Wednesday's game about Isaiah Thomas's return, what he's going to add to this team down the stretch why Denver chose to stand pat at the trade deadline, and also how he built this team with chemistry in mind. It's been a big takeaway from our perspective on the Nuggets this year. This has been such a tight-knit group. The chemistry has been awesome. And I thought Tim had some really interesting thoughts about what he looks for in players when looking at guys to add to this organization and how he always keeps team chemistry in mind. So if you want to read all that stuff, from last night's game, bsndenver.com. And if you don't have a subscription, if you're still holding out, we've got a really awesome deal going on to get you guys in. bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. You can get a one-year subscription for just $29.99. It's usually $35.99 a month. So this new deal comes out to just $2.50 a month, less than a cup of coffee. Also, we've got a little competition going on. So we really need your guys' help between our Broncos group, our Avalanche group, our Rockies group, and us. Whoever signs up the most subscriptions for their respective sport uh, with their team-specific promo code, ours is Nuggets, N-U-G-G-E-T-S. Whichever sport signs up the most, all you guys will get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver Locker. So again, bsendenver.com backslash subscribe, type in that promo code Nuggets, and you can get a one-year subscription for just $29.99. And if more of you guys sign up, then Rockies fans, Avalanche fans, Broncos fans, all will get a free t-shirt from the BSN 
Denver Locker. We got a lot of cool shirts on there right now. Nugget shirts, Rocky shirts, Avalanche shirts, Bronco shirts. Uh, so get on that deal uh, before it expires so you can read all this awesome content we've got from this game and just from this team right now. All right, let's go ahead and take a break real quick. We've got more thoughts on Isaiah Thomas's debut, more takeaways from this Nuggets win. We'll be right back. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast. Thursday edition of the show, we are presented today, of course, by Total Beverage. Make sure to check them out on the Total Beverage app and their website. Harrison Wynn and Christian Clark here again. Some final thoughts on Isaiah Thomas's debut because this one deserves a lot of discussion for sure. We've had a lot of memorable Nuggets games this year, a lot of memorable games, memorable games over the past couple of seasons, but this is one I think will stick with us and probably stick with a lot of you Nuggets fans for quite a while as a pretty monumental moment I think just Isaiah Thomas's first game back after an 11 month absence 13 minutes I thought maybe a bit more than I expected him to play I thought like 10 at the most what did you think it was more than IT expected to play right right (laughs) I thought getting him in at the end of the first quarter was the right call and then based on how that stint went you could bring him back in the third quarter at least that's how I thought the Nuggets would approach it Um, but where he can really help this team, he's going to help going forward. I think in the rest of the regular season in the playoffs is where I think Isaiah Thomas's value is really going to come. This roster doesn't have a ton of playoff experience. Paul Millsap has played in a lot of playoff games. Mason Plumlee has played in more playoff games than you think. I think he's played in something like 25 playoff games. Um, other than that though, not a ton of playoff experience. And this team has looked so good on offense really for most of the season. Defensively, yeah, it's been up and down. It's been more down than up over the last few months. But still, with so many young players on this team, I don't think anybody really knows how they're going to react in the playoffs. The playoffs is a different animal. Every possession matters. The intensity gets ramped up a couple notches. So many young guys on this roster, I just don't think anybody really knows how they're going to react. But Isaiah Thomas has been tested in the playoffs before. He's made a lot of big shots in his career in the playoffs. He's played a lot of minutes in high-intensity playoff fourth quarters. I have a feeling 
that was a reason why the Nuggets signed him as well for his wisdom for one part in the regular season and also the impact he could have in the playoffs. Uh, Tim Connolly told me as much in that one-on-one interview, which you can find on BSN Denver. Do you see him playing a big role for this team when it comes time for the postseason? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, IT went to the playoffs three straight years when he was in Boston through 2014 through 2017. I mean, he's a guy who's averaged 24 points per game in the playoffs, 23 points per game when the Celtics made that run to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, I mean, he's a guy who, you know, when when everything else breaks down, can just get you a bucket one-on-one. And we know that, you know, that's what playoff basketball devolves into sometimes. It's just having to beat your guy one-on-one because the defense is so tight. Um, obviously, the Nuggets are you know, going to try to play the, their free-flowing attack, and you know, I, don't, I don't expect anybody to really bottle up the Nuggets' offense. I mean, but you can slow it in some ways, so you need a guy like IT who can go out there and get his own shot, I think. Um, and you know, you, you know he's not going to be afraid of the moment either, and I, I'm confident Nicole Jokic is, is going to be – you know, same guy in the playoffs as he is now. He's played in some really chaotic situations over in Europe. I really like Monte Morris too, but yeah, IT's a great guy to have in your team uh, come playoff time. Yeah, here's what Tim Connolly told me. You don't know how they, and they is talking about the young guys on this roster, are going to react until the big lights come on. And I think that's true. I mean, the regular season is one thing. The playoffs are another. And here's another thing, how Isaiah Thomas is going to help in the playoffs. I mean, how many possessions in the playoffs divulge into one-on-one where you're running a high screen and roll for your lead ball handler? And that's Isaiah Thomas's bread and butter. We saw it last night in his first game back. He can use the pick and roll and just find his open teammates. You know, even in his first game back after 11 months, he still has that feel out of the pick and roll, and he's still able to find open shooters. He's still able to find his roller. He's still able to find cutters under the rim uh, coming off a high high ball screen. So I feel like he's really going to help out there, and we'll see how his minutes get ramped up. Look, this was just one game. I don't want to come out here and say Isaiah Thomas is back. Boston IT is here. I'm not going to come out and say he's going to be playing 30 minutes for this team or 25 minutes later in the season or come playoff time. We'll see. It's going to be a process, but I think what we can say is he had a really solid debut, about as good as the Nuggets could have asked for, and I think it was a success. Also, I threw this theory out on the podcast on Tuesday that IT could have a little bit of a DeMarcus Cousins effect maybe, If you remember, the Warriors looked pretty bored with this season. They looked pretty uninterested. They looked a little tired. Isaiah Thomas comes into their lineup. Boom. They've got some energy. They've got some focus. I feel like IT had a similar effect, at least for one game on this Nuggets team last night. Denver had looked a little bored, looking forward to the All-Star break, a little tired. The legs were a little heavy. I mean, we've talked about this a couple minutes ago, but when Isaiah Thomas came in, he lit a spark. He changed the energy. He gave all his teammates some juice, and I felt like everybody kind of fell in line. So it was a really solid debut. Uh, any final thoughts from your perspective on what he did last night and just what to expect moving forward? Well, you nailed that one on the head. He definitely you know, just, just raised the energy level collectively. Uh, 
I guess I would say that I could listen to IT talk all day. Yeah. Like he's just like an inspiring, charismatic guy. Um, I mean, I was just like, had like a stupid shit eating grin on my face when he was talking last night after the game. I mean, he, he, I don't know. He's just a guy, you know, you, you want around you. Um, he, he's just got that charisma. Mm-hmm. He totally does. So, like I said, it was just one game. I'm not sure if he'll have the DeMarcus Cousins effect every game. You know, we'll see what happens after the All-Star break. Now, the unfortunate thing for Isaiah Thomas, or, or maybe it's a good thing. I'm not quite sure, but you know, he's got a week and a half off now to continue to get his body right and, and get some more reps under his belt. A lot of guys are going to take this All-Star break off. I don't think Isaiah Thomas is going to take the all-star break off either. He's not going to take the all-star break off. He's going to keep trying to get his rhythm and whatnot. Let's move on here because there were a lot of other stuff in this game that I wanted to get to. Mike Malone ejected in the second quarter. A couple of things, a couple of takeaways from this. First off, I don't think he was too happy with the defense. Secondly, I'm never one to get on the officiating. But there were a lot of questionable calls, I thought, last night. Did you think he tried to get run from that game? Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. And, you know, I, I thought so listening to his comments after the game, the players' comments. But what really sealed it for me was the picture floating around on Twitter of him taking the Hershey's bar so from superfan Vicky Ray after the game or on his way out. Yeah. That was incredible. Incredible moment. Do you think he ate that? Think he chowed down I, on that? I just picture him like tearing it into those squares while he was watching the second throwing half. Throwing it at the wall. <laughs> throwing it at the TV. God damn it, Jamal. Come on, Malik. Oh. That's what I envisioned too. Maybe a cold one in his hand as well. <laughs> he needed to decompress a little bit. Yeah. He needed that chocolate bar. He's had a whirlwind first half of the season. Really, first two-thirds of the season. My coach of the year at this point, I think I've got Malone one. I think I've got Bud two. The three spot, I'm Dave not Yeager? quite sure. Maybe Dave Yeager, maybe Kenny Atkinson. Um, but he's done a phenomenal job this year. He deserved a, a second half off. And hey, he's not going to get a All-Star vacation. He had to cancel his uh, vacation plans. He's going to Charlotte here, or he's already in Charlotte, actually. They flew out this morning. I can't wait to see like a red-faced Michael Malone screaming at his team to play defense in the second quarter of this All-Star game. Oh, God. What if he like calls one of those timeouts? <laughs> Six zero run. Yeah, Boom. Uh, Steph Kerr or um, LeBron just like lets Giannis go right to the hole on the second play of the game. Timeout. Yeah, he's going to have to like resist the 6-0 the timeout with every fiber of his being because yeah. he's got to know, like, all right, I just got to chill out. It's the All-Star game. Yeah, so, so I agree with you. I think he definitely wanted to get run from the game and just kind of wake his team up a little. And, hey, it worked. We see that a lot when coaches get ejected. It kind of gives their team some life. And I thought it definitely gave the Nuggets some life. It was interesting. After the game, he said he tore into his team at halftime. I'm just envisioning Michael Malone standing in the locker room as all his guys come in, and he just beats into them about their defense and whatnot. And then he's got to stay in the locker room as his team goes out for the second half. Yeah, yelling at his team and, and eating one square of the Hershey's bar <laughs> at a time like, Malik, what are you doing on the defensive end? Don't you know Buddy Hill shooting 46% from three this year? Right. Eats a little bit of the Hershey's bar. Uh, the defense was not good. It was not good again. They gave up corner threes. They gave up open threes to Buddy Heald, who's, what, in the three-point contest, right? He's been one of the best three-point shooters this season. The defense is still not in a good spot, um, but you know, Denver can worry about that on another day. I, I did think it was 
very interesting. At the end of the game, of course, Wes Unsell Jr. handling the head coaching reins. I thought he did a couple of nice things. I didn't think he called any panic timeouts when the Kings went on a little bit of a run. He let his team kind of work out of it, and I think Denver really benefited from that. I don't think he used his first timeout until into the fourth quarter. And also, his shining moment, I thought, came at the end of the game. We know what the Nuggets go to at the end of the game. It's typically going to be a Jamal Murray, Nicole Jokic pick and roll. More often than not, Nicole Jokic is going to get that last shot if it's a game-winning situation. Nuggets had been up 117 to 112 with one minute remaining in this one and then kind of let the Kings come back into this thing. It's 118-118 with 15 seconds left after a buddy-heeled two-point shot. So Denver's got the ball. It's not Jamal Murray, though. Wes Unsell Jr. draws the play up for Monte Morris, who runs the two-man game with Nikola Jokic. Uh, run beautifully, might I add. And, I mean, we probably shouldn't expect anything less from Monte Morris in the two-man game at this point. Gives the ball to Jokic perfectly, and Jokic misses his first shot but ends up tipping it in. What do you think of the play getting called for Monte Morris, not Jamal Murray, and just how that last sequence was executed? Yeah, I mean, I loved it. Um, you know, I, I always feel so confident when Monte has the ball in in end-of-quarter situations. I, I just know that the Nuggets are going to get a good look, you know, no matter if it's Monte getting all the way to the rim, taking that mid-range shot or finding somebody else. I mean, he, he's the best player the Nuggets have at finding Jokic in the pick-and-roll. I think Jamal Murray has, has made some strides in that area this year, but he still struggles sometimes. He had a turnover in the first half, I believe, you know, trying to get the ball to Jokic, but he got doubled and it got tapped away. So I thought it was a good move. Um, Wes Unsell did a fantastic job coaching in that second half. Like, he, he stayed so loose. I mean, j- just kind of let them play through their mistakes, like you said. And, yeah, man, I, I thought he made a, a bunch of right moves. It was it was impressive. Yeah, there are a lot of really good assistant coaches on this staff, from Wes Unsell Jr. to David Adelman to Charles Klask and Jordy Fernandez, Ryan Bowen. This is a really good and underrated staff, I think. Uh, Michael Mullen has a great support system behind him. Jamal Murray did not have a good game, I thought. He was one of the Nuggets who did not really pop in this one. 31 minutes, he was 3 of 8 from the field, 4 assists, 3 turnovers. He was a minus 6 in those 31 minutes, finished with 10 points. So in that sense, he was clearly getting played outplayed by Monte Morris. So uh, it was a good decision to take the ball out of his hands, I thought put it in Monte Morris's hands because typically, you know, even if Jamal's not having a great game, I think maybe that ball is still in Jamal Murray's hands. But it was definitely a good call to leave the decision up to Monte Morris. And you know, he's always going to make the right play. You can tell that ball was going to Jokic. It was an on-point pass that uh, Monte Morris had. So great execution, great call, I thought. And, yeah, it, it was – Another Nuggets win, a two-point win, another thriller. Paul Millsap, I thought, had a nice game, one of his better games of the year, and it came at a good time because I feel like he's been struggling, especially on the offensive end as of late. 25 points, 13 rebounds, just 10 of 16 from the field. Uh, what do you think of his night? Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was probably his best game of the season, um, you know, Classic Paul Millsap stuff on the offensive end. Just that old band game was working to per, to perfection. Um, just his ability to to get inside, 
uh, with his power game. He had a couple spin moves. He got to the free throw line five times. Um, monster on, on the glass as well, 13 rebounds. You know, what he was able to do was really impressive. And Paul Millsap needed a game like that, yep. man. I mean, he looked so good to start this year. I, you know, I thought he was probably a defensive player of the year candidate through the first quarter of the season when the Nuggets were, were sitting in the top five in defense. And, you know, I, I think injuries this year, like they did last year, just, just kind of threw him off a little bit. He's looked a step slow at times since, you know, he came back from breaking his toe earlier this year. That was great to see from him. Yeah, it was. You know what I love about Paul Millsap's offensive game? I'm a big fan of when the Nuggets are coming down in transition and he's got the ball and he recognizes he's got a mismatch and he's got a smaller guy on him. In transition, he'll just dribble the ball up the floor, go right into the post and just draw that foul. He's really good at drawing fouls in the post and just kind of playing bully ball with his man. I like when Paul Millsap looks for his own offense in transition for sure. So uh, he had a great night, and, and that was big for Denver because, like I said, Jamal Murray didn't really have it going. Will still struggling to get his rhythm back. Uh, like I've mentioned, like I've talked about before, he hasn't really looked like the same player he was before the injury, but I think he'll come around. It's going to take time for him to find his rhythm after missing three months. He's 4-12 from the field for 13 points. Denver's bench didn't really give the Nuggets a ton offensively, Outside of Isaiah Thomas, his eight points. Monte Morris had 10. So it was big for Paul Millsap to, to give the Nuggets that offensive boost. The one rotational observation we could probably take away from this game, or I guess two, with Isaiah Thomas back. A, Wancho Aaron Gomez, DNP coach's decision. B, Trey Lyles plays seven first half minutes, does not play in the second half. How much of those two coaching decisions do you think were products of Isaiah Thomas in the rotation for the first time? How much of those were as a result of just those guys' level of play here as of late? Yeah, I mean, Trey Lyles has just been awful as of late. There's there's really no sugarcoating it. I mean, his stint in the Heat game in the first half was was kind of painful to watch at times. Um you know, he was, he was so solid on the offensive end this year, just doesn't really have any confidence in that three-point shot. And, you know, he, last year he really used that three-point shot to sever, set everything else up. Mm-hmm. You know, guys were playing him tight. He was he does a nice job of putting the ball on the floor, getting all the way to the rim. There's not that those driving lanes this year that there were last year for him because he's just not knocking down that shot with any consistency. And, and then I think he's really struggled on the defensive end. So... I'm I'm curious to see. Uh, I saw Minuteman Dan, um, who writes for Denver Stiffs, throw this idea out on Twitter. And what about Tory Craig just sliding over and playing some small ball four? Um, you know that that frees up maybe some more minutes for it uh, and and Monte Morris there in the backcourt, and the Nuggets just go really small. I mean, what if that's one way to create minutes for Isaiah Thomas? Just just slide. Tory Craig over and just go super small a lot of the time. I'd be a fan of it. I don't think there's anything Trey Lyles is giving you on the defensive end, on the defensive glass, or on the offensive end right now that Tory Craig wouldn't give you at the power forward spot. And I mean, Tory Craig is a better rebounder, a better defender than Lyles anyway. Even giving up four inches going from Lyles to Tory Craig, I don't think it would kill you necessarily on the defensive end of the floor. It might actually help. So I'd be interested to see that look and. Yeah, Wancho, 
looks like he's out of the rotation right now, to be honest, especially with Isaiah Thomas back. He's clearly behind, well, well behind Malik Beasley, obviously still behind Torrey Craig in the pecking order at that uh, three, four spot. You know, if the Nuggets have to have one of those guys out there. And so he's out of it right now. Um, he's going through some injuries right now, and you can tell he's just not 100%. And so he's going to be on the bench for now. I do think he'd be able to give Denver something in a pinch. You know, if they need some instant offense, maybe they look for him uh, at one time or another for a spurt here and there. But I think he's going to be on the outside looking in, at least if Denver is at full health. Let's take another break. Got some final thoughts I want to wrap up on from this win. We'll get to that on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. We're back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast, Thursday edition of the program. Harrison Wind and Christian Clark wrapping up. You had a takeaway about the pace of this game. You wrote, in your post-game wrap-up, which you can find on bsendeavor.com, an astute observation that this game seemed like a track meet. This game, the, the t- both teams got up and down. What did you take away from that exactly? Well, I thought the pace favored the Kings. Yeah. I mean, this year, the Nuggets have preferred to operate out of the half court. Um, they're 26th in, in pace overall. The Kings are second. So you know, there are 108 possessions in this game. The, the Nuggets average about 98 per game. So there are about 10 more possessions in this one than the Nuggets are used to. And yeah, I, I thought, you know, the Nuggets scored a lot, a, a lot of fast break points, 23, but I thought they could have benefited from maybe slowing it down at times. Like, you know, Malik Beasley is a great transition player, but things just got it kind of wild there in the second half. Well, especially because the Nuggets bread and butter, let's be honest, is in the half court. Nuggets are an incredible half-court offensive team, and that's a reason why I think their offense will translate to the playoffs because Nikola Jokic, he's really good in transition, but he's about as good as they come in the half-court. And so if Denver can get into their offense, I mean, we know how deadly their read-and-react half-court offense is. It's so much more efficient than you know when they're pushing the pace and uh, getting out in transition. They're still a really good transition team, but that kind of pace definitely favored the Kings. So I I agree. I would have liked to see Denver get into their half-court offense a little more because I'm with you. The the pace in this one definitely did favor the Kings. I mean, if you go to clean the glass, 
and you look at the half-court offensive splits here, I mean, Denver was in the 22nd percentile in the half-court in this one. And if they can get their half-court offense up to a higher frequency, I mean, that's going to help this team out on the offensive end of the floor and also just make them play at a better pace. Yeah, I mean, I think Chris Herring wrote a great piece about just how good the Kings have been in transition this year, but they're just much less effective if if you force them to play a slowed down game a little bit. So I thought that was definitely an area Denver could have improved in, um, but they still got it done. This this Nuggets team just finds ways to win. I mean, one of the the biggest stories through the All Star break is I think is just Denver's record in, in these close games. They're they're yeah. You know, among the best teams in the NBA in in games decided by five points or less. You've heard us talk about the clutch plus minus time and time again on this program, how Denver has had some of the highest clutch plus minus guys, the most efficient, the most deadly clutch plus minus guys in the league this year when the game is within five points with five minutes or less remaining. And I mean, last night again, Nicole Jokic hits the game winner. He's clutch. He is a clutch player. He is a big game player. And he puts together a quiet triple-double, I thought, last night. 20 points, 18 rebounds, 11 assists. But really seemed like he dominated the game again. And this was the 26th triple-double of his career, tying Michael Jordan for, I'm not sure what they are in the leaderboard. 12th all-time. 12th all-time. And John Havlicek. And John Havlicek. But uh, Nikola Jokic has the same amount of triple-doubles as the GOAT. I feel like it. I don't even think it's a big deal when Jokic has a triple double anymore. Like last night, like he puts up this monster stat line, and I was just like, "Yeah, that's that's just what Nikola Jokic does now." Yeah, it's expected. It's expected. A big night for him. A big night for Denver. And going back to what I said earlier, this was a monumental game. I think this is a one of those flashbulb moments. I think in the course of this Nuggets season, Isaiah Thomas getting back, and how about this coming back against the Sacramento Kings a team that drafted him, I think a team that he probably is a little salty towards still. And how about this game coming, his debut coming, uh, with Michael Malone on the sidelines, with the Nuggets, and Michael Malone coaching in this game against the Kings, a team that he got a raw deal from a couple years back. And uh, both guys are in greener pastures. Another observation, too, is these might be two of the three happiest teams in the league with uh, the Milwaukee Bucks thrown in there. Like, yeah. um, you know, the Kings definitely were, were really dysfunctional a couple of years back, and they still are to some degree. You know, it's been reported that Jaeger and their assistant GM are, are kind of fighting. But I was watching the, the Kings bench, like, even during uh, – right before the opening tip, and they're, like, all just dancing together. Yeah. Like, th- this game was so fun in part because – you know, these teams are just have so much fun playing with each other. It was, I mean, I would not mind like a 2-7 playoff series at all. The Kings are a fun team. I think Dave Yeager's done a good job there. And I think Michael Malone and Tim Connolly set the tone with this Nuggets team. Uh, Tim is such a, a relaxed guy. He's such a, a good-natured guy. I think he sets the tone in the locker room, just the vibe that this team takes on. And I think Michael Malone sets some of the tone as well. Dave Yeager probably does that to an extent with the Kings. We were in the press lounge before the game. I'm not sure if you were in there with us, but it was about 5.30 when Dave Yeager's pregame press conference was about to start. I look to my left. He's sitting at a table by himself chowing down on a pork sandwich. Well, I, I did see 
a Kings player also getting a lemonade. I, yeah, Buddy Heald got a lemonade before the game. Dave Yeager was enjoying the press meal while his pregame availability was supposed to be going on. I saw some King staffers walk in the room. They saw he was eating, and it, they you could tell they were kind of trying to decide, all right, should we pull him and make him go to this press availability, or should we let him eat? And I think he got out of there a, a couple minutes after 530. Well, it was a pretty good pregame press meal. I it mean, was good. Pulled pork, the coleslaw, it was, it was one of the better ones of the year, but it was always just a little bit weird to see players or, or coaches in there, um, you know, Eating the eating the same food that we eat, the all time player in in the uh, the media room media dining room moment was Nerlens Noel getting a hot dog at halftime of a Dallas Mavericks game last year. We're all the same. We're, we're all the same people, Christian, when it comes to food. I think that's all the time we got for today. A big win for the Nuggets, I thought, heading into the All Star break on a good note. One twenty, one eighteen. The Nuggets sending a cavalry of representatives down to All Star weekend. They flew out Thursday. Nuggets staffers, Nikola Jokic, of course, the whole staff, Michael Malone and his assistants, the front office, Josh Kroenke is in Charlotte, Stan Kroenke is in Charlotte. So Denver will be well represented at All-Star Weekend. The only guy who should be representing them down there that isn't is, of course, Monte Morris, who somehow was snubbed from the Rising Stars game. But if you want to read more about this latest Nuggets win, if you want to read the one-on-one chat I had with Tim Connolly here at the All-Star break, kind of a state of the team. Head on over to bsndenver.com. I also asked him about the impact he thinks Isaiah Thomas will have down the stretch, why the Nuggets want to sign Isaiah Thomas, and why Denver chose to stand pat at the trade deadline. I thought Tim had some pretty interesting responses to that question as well. bsndenver.com. You can also find post-game content from last night's game. What everybody in the Nuggets locker room thought of Isaiah Thomas's debut and Michael Malone's ejection, how that lit a spark under them. And if you aren't subscribed to BSN Denver and want to read that content, one final reminder, we've got an awesome deal going on right now for a limited time. You can get a one-year subscription to BSN Denver for just $29.99. Comes out to $2.50 a month. Some money off the normal per year price, which is $35.99 a year if you use the promo code Nuggets. And again, if enough of you guys sign up, if more of you guys sign up for this promo code during this limited time than Rockies fans and Avalanche fans and Broncos fans, all y'all will get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver Locker. So make sure to get on that deal before it expires. We'll talk with you guys tomorrow. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network.